Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. This is Dumpty Dum, sponsored by managers. Dum-de-dum, a podcast about the archers and the goings-on of Ambridge. It's P&Q here, Philippa Hall and Quentin Rayner tiptoeing through the lovers' tiffs and sniffs this week. And in what would have been Joe's hundredth year, there's also you, our dum-de-dummers, who've been listening to this nonsense for the best part of a century. <laughs> this week's dum de dum is from Ali's four-year-old son, Doodlebug. And on this week's podcast, we hear from Ali, Matthew, Catherine, Kev, Sarah, Helen, Cheryl, Bernadette, Kev, Christine, Jen, and an email from Anon of Ambridge. Wow. So, quite a few. Quentin, it's been a very special week for you. I should sing you happy birthday, but I'm not going to for your sake. How's your week been? <laughs> well, uh, yes, exactly. It's, it's been a big one. It's been the big 6-0 this week. So thank you very much to everybody in Dumpty Dumland who sent me birthday wishes on various mm. platforms. I did appreciate the, appreciate them. The first one that came in was from you, Philippa, ah, at the unearthly good. hour of about 5.30 because you get... <laughs> I wanted to be the first. I'm so glad I was. <laughs> you were by country mile, yes. Um, no, we had a we, we had a, 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 a lovely day. It was quiet, but um, you know we had some friends down um, from Devon, from Tavistock, who came to see us. And uh, what more does a man need than uh, <laughs> champagne and a Colin the Caterpillar cake? <laughs> see, in his sixth decade, yes. So. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that. I thought, yes, that's a good cake. I approve. 
Yeah, well, my wife bought two, thank goodness, because we thought we were going to have more people come down, but unfortunately the weather wasn't great, so um, we had to uh, reduce the celebration. So I've got a, a, another one to munch up our way through, so I'm delighted. Super. How was your week? Are you, are you still bruised and battered? Do you have the use of both eyes now? I can see out of both eyes, yes. I'm still, I look like I've been burnt on my face, but it's, m- it's so so much better. Um, and uh, basically today I've been running around shouting quite a bit because we have one child started back at school, other one starts back tomorrow. And today of all days is the day he's announced that his bag that he was going to take all his school stuff in is too small and Mm. his goggles are broken, his swimming goggles. Today, he we've been uh, trying to sort everything out for two and a half months and today, with hours to go, is when he announces this. So... He yes. just he's just angling for a new bag, isn't he? Can't you see through it? He is, and he could get a new bag, but if he had possibly just processed this and alerted me to this fact even a week ago when we went into town shopping for school, that would have been so very helpful. But no, let's leave it until every shop in the land is shut. <sighs> Bless him. <Yeah. laughs> yes. So I'm full of full of the joys of spring. But no, I'm glad you had a good birthday thank you. anyway. Yes, thank you. And uh, that's what we've been up to. But Quentin, reminders mm. of the Borsetshire bullet points this week. It's been all about letters, P. <laughs> we've had the ABC of Amy, Beth and Chris and the very awkward letters he, Jenny and Brian, have been asked to write to Alice before she comes out of rehab. <laughs> then we had the Carter's bust-up. Now, I reckon it must be because he's up to his neck in it every day, but Neil revealed himself to be as emotionally thick as the proverbial this week. What husband doesn't know that a furious oven clean means the heat's being turned up? (laughs) Read the room, Neil, come on. So Susan's first jab was that she hated lasagna, especially Neil's. You'd rather spend time with Shula than me, landed right in his solar plexus. But Neil survived the potential knockout blow. Are you in love with Shula? By telling Susan that she was his lover and soulmate of 37 years, and she was the only woman he loved, tabard and all. Susan's tearful sniff of relief were worth a thousand words and could in fact threaten Linda's mantle, I reckon. Chris has got the nesting instinct and declared he wants to move back home, but is Amy going to make a move on him first? Mm. Stella got a quick mention, which prompted Brian to remind us he enjoyed a spot of drilling. (laughs) Lovely Oliver popped up briefly, far too briefly, as Mm. Eddie spelled out his latest tedious ruse, this time to rig entries to the flower and produce show to ensure the Grundies claim the Frida Fry Cup in Joe's Mm. memory in what would have been his centenary year. Joy was the first to fall foul to Eddie's emotional blackmail to withdraw her entries during his shabby prize limo tour. She may be bubbly by nature, but we found out it also gives her wind. However, it didn't stop her bragging about her rainbow buttonholes. Ben went for second base on a first date by taking Beth up Lakey Hill, and they took the plunge after he admitted not telling her about his recent split with Evie. Mm. Neil popped round to Shula's to say, well, he wouldn't be coming round so much, followed by Susan turning up and passively aggressively <laughs> paying for Kira's riding lessons to stop anyone getting the wrong idea. And here's a thought. The Archers has always been known as an everyday story of country folk, hasn't it? But Eddie appears to have reduced it to no more than a mystery tour of modern rural life. Is nothing sacred? And what a difference a single letter makes. In the space of five episodes, we saw Susan move from chilly with a Y 
to offering chili with an eye. <gasps> Very good, Quentin. Well done. And we should say for listeners as well that you are in a in a car today for your yes. podcast. Yes. yes, still in Cornwall, uh, still <laughs> desperately trying to find decent Wi-Fi, stuck in a field on our campsite. Um, so you might hear the odd seagull or a camper shouting or a helicopter going ahead overhead, but, you know... These are the sacrifices we make. How warm is it there? It's not too hot today. It's muggy. It's okay. muggy. So I'm feeling the uh, I've, I'm, yeah the temperatures rising in the car. Yeah, yeah. Right. We better get started. So, <laughs> what did you, our battle-hardened dumpty dummers, make of it all? Hello, Ambridge3962. And first of all, there's marvellous Matthew. This is Matthew Horsepool from Coventry, where I sing in the choir at Coventry Cathedral. My day job is somewhere between music and computers and Braille. I'm a blind person. My first job was at a school for the blind, teaching somebody Braille maths, and uh, the love of Braille has never quite died away, so I do all sorts of nerdy things behind the scenes uh, inventing new braille signs and having them approved mm. by international committees and that sort of things. It's all very exciting. Um, mm. I'm here today, my second caller in, 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 in. Um, <laughs> and I was supposed to tell you um, when I first came to the Archers, wasn't I? Mm. Uh, it was during the Robin Helen storyline, but it wasn't because of the Robin Helen storyline. I had a friend of mine for years who'd been telling me I really needed to get into the Archers, and I said, no, 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 I'm not going to do that. And one Christmas, I decided to catch up on the backlog of Archers episodes in the BBC podcast feed, and that um, allowed me to sort of get up to date and I slowly started to get to know everybody. And my first comment when I saw my friend next, having no idea of the backstory of the Rob and Helen, I was kind of halfway through the abusive relationship, was, I'm not sure what to make of Rob, but I don't think he's a very nice guy. Um, <laughs> and, uh, of course, the, the rest is history. But anyway, I wanted to comment this time on Ben and Beth. And there's something very interesting about this relationship for me if you can call it a relationship, I guess they're not going out. This is, I mean, they might be by Thursday. It's only Monday. Um, but something feels different about this. I would hesitate to call it a plot prediction, but I think this one's going to go for the long haul. Mm. I think um, if they're not going to end up settling down and getting married, the relationship is going to go for a while. Um, I don't think they'd have brought the character in if it wasn't going to go for a while. But also... I don't know, just the, the way in which they were talking, the way it's been set up. Something, something feels different. So that's my outlook on Ben and Beth on Monday. Hopefully I won't feel any different by Thursday. Oh, lovely to hear from you, Matthew, again uh, for the second time and uh, delighted that you hear, you sing in Coventry Cathedral. In fact, where I was, I graduated in Coventry Cathedral because I was uh, uh, a student at the University of Warwick. So there you go. Second time that you called in. Um, so uh, you clearly... Um, well used to this, Matthew, because uh, that was a very impressive call, mm. <laughs> full of confidence and everything, which is what we love to hear. Um, so you are uh, intrigued by the Ben and Beth relationship. It's early days. Uh, you say they're not going out. What do you mean, man? They've gone up Lakey Hill. That's it. They're going out. <laughs> That's true, isn't it, Philippa? You go up Lakey Hill. <laughs> That's you it, are. Done. But of course, you're, Matthew you're was only... Married. 
Matthew Doney was calling in on Monday, so he had many episodes to to go. But mm. uh, his his gut is clearly good. Beth Beth is here to stay. I also think it helps fortify the whole Vince narrative as well, which is gradually going to be built up, isn't it, between him and Lizzie? Mm. So, um, yeah, I, I think your hunch is right there, uh, Matthew. And uh, we'll we'll wait to see uh, what happens between Ben and Beth. I I, th- I think she's a bit of a handful for him myself. I don't think I think he's too naive, young, and sweet to handle her. To be honest, but what do you think, Philippa? Well, I just worry that Ben is going to announce now that he doesn't want to be a nurse. He wants to work at an auction house. What? Um, well, because he, when he was going out with the junior doctor, then he wanted to be a nurse. And now, you know, that's all crashed and burned. Oh. I just think he's he might rethink his career options and he's not going to have a lot of time to spend with Beth if he's training to be a nurse. I just worry that he he wasn't as fully committed because we hadn't heard anything about him wanting to be a nurse until suddenly this is what I want to do most in the world, go for the interview, get it. Great, good for him if he does. Um, but, yeah, I'm just concerned that, that that's going to change, that his girlfriend's occupation <laughs> determines what, what Ben wants to do. But, Matthew, I am in awe of you, inventing new Braille signs. Mm. That's incredible. Um, and you were m- talking about how you listened to some of the old podcast editions of The Archers. I wish we could still do that because now the amount of old episodes that you can listen to seems so restricted. Um, I think it's really sad because I find it quite comforting to go back and listen to past episodes and it's just not you're just not able to do that quentin there's a lovely bird song seagull i think it's i think it's more of a from the corvid family to be honest Uh, there there is a seagull strutting up outside the car but more interested in what's in the grass than me (laughs) that was a fairly sure that that was from the corvid family what you just heard folks yes we'll probably have a dumpty dumber saying no it wasn't but there you go (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, seeing as I can't remember which day Ben and Beth went up Lakey Hill, I'm failing already. So uh, <laughs> I've, I've, I've got to, I've got to make it up. But no, Matthew, that was a splendid call. Uh, can't wait to hear what you thought of the rest of the week and, and next week. Do keep do keep calling, please. Uh, and now we go on to the mother of the wonderful Doodlebug singing that lovely Dumpty Dum tune. We've got amazing Ali. Hi, you two. It is Allie, coming to you from just outside Washington, D.C. I feel like there, it is only Tuesday, but I feel like there's a theme going on in the last couple of episodes, and I don't like it. So it started a couple of weeks ago. You had Shula declaring her undying love for Neil to her ex-husband. A confession that I think there was evidence that it was coming from sort of some, some emotions that maybe weren't trustworthy. Um, and then last week you had Denise being short tempered and moody towards the perpetually short tempered and moody Jakob because her children are moving away and they're growing up and they're getting in their own lives. And then you had, Today, Susan being a complete wreck over her accusations of that Neil was having an affair with with Shula over 
with, you know, I know that we have speculated that it's going to happen, that, but I don't believe that Neil is a character that is capable of having an affair. I just don't think he has that character flaw in him. Now, maybe there's somebody that's going to out there that's going to say all men do. But I think my real point here is that these women of a certain age are being t- portrayed as overly emotional. And I don't like it. Mm, Ali, yes, gosh, um, some very good, interesting views there. I don't like it if it is just the women of Ambridge of a certain age being portrayed as overly emotional. However, we did see it was Jacob that was getting really cross and Denise had, had just had enough of, of him, really. Um, but it was the way she was placated with this puppy to, to keep her quiet. I, I don't know. I, there's a lot that I'm cross about this week, but I'm I'm cross more with the, the menfolk. I'll go on to it later on. But it, to summarise, I'm cross with Chris, I'm cross with Neil, and I'm cross with Eddie. I mean, OK, let's, let's talk about Eddie. The worst limo ride possible. <laughs> and no empathy from him at all. Here is joy. You know, joy needs some joy. Eddie could have been such fun with her, um, pointing out different funny things in the village. But no, he was just wanting to get rid of her the whole time. I quite like the fun of the oh, this asterisk by a luxury lunch, and it turned out yes, you were you were paying for it yourself. And Joy hadn't even had breakfast before she went. There's a clue, Joy. Never go without your breakfast. Very important to have that. But I just felt his manipulation of her not to enter the flower show was horrible to hear. Okay, he's got reasons why he wants the family to get the award. But still, Joy deserves to be part of that flower show. And I was really disappointed in in Eddie for um, removing her from that. And I was trying to think, actually, in Ambridge, there don't there doesn't seem to be that many clubs and activities for people to to do. It's quite sort of insular in a way. I mean, where I live, oh gosh, there's about 60, 70% of people are retired and the number of clubs and societies and things to volunteer for, you know, you, even if you arrive in our town feeling lonely um, and with no friends, within a week, your diary will be so full, you know, you'll never have a quiet day again and yet I don't see that happening in Ambridge for Joy she's constantly having to reach out and join in with things and put herself forward and and that makes me that makes me very sad what what about you Quentin well Eddie I really went off Eddie this week um did did I let's hear it right he essentially was just incorporating his work his daily work patterns in the tour so going to see the pulse was actually just what he had to do as part of his work so he 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 conned joy into thinking this was the luxury limo tour so um and i I, i'm tired of these damn ruses they keep coming up with for for eddie we've discussed this before on the podcast that they've got to come up with a different device to keep Mm. that whole uh family relevant i think to the to to, to the archers um it's like oh what, what can we have him do this week oh yes we'll have a double ruse his stupid limo ruse and uh and actually trying to persuade people to emotionally blackmail people to not enter the flower and produce so yeah eddie uh, really went to, uh uh down in my estimation this week, I, I have to mm. say. Um, and we'll get on to your other cross areas later. But uh, <laughs> Ali's essential point was that um, 
She doesn't like the portrayal of women of a certain age, she says, being over-emotional within the archers. Uh, She's listed legitimate examples completely. I I would flip it and say, well, do we have lots of emotional women in the archers because of all the infuriating men? And I suspect that probably explains Mm. why we have so many emotional women. Um, Although we did get, you know, Neil got very emotional. He started shouting, didn't he, and getting really cross with with Susan and then immediately apologised for doing so. Mm. So um, men do get riled, but, yeah, granted, Ali, it's more more the women, but I, I would go back to my suggestion as to why. Yes, Quentin, that's a really good point. Well done. Yes, that it's the men driving the women completely do lally and pushing them to to, to be like. It was, ever, yes. it was ever thus, wasn't it? I mean, <laughs> the dumpty dumbers ought to hear you on me before we come on air. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, if that makes it sound like we're arguing, we're not. We're just <laughs> venting, aren't we? Before we come on, you're, we come on. You're putting yeah. me right. You're putting me right. <laughs> <laughs> and we, well, we have a vent as well. Yeah. <laughs> We do indeed. Ali, thank you so much for your call as always. We love them. And now we go to superb Sarah. Evening all, it's Sarah Spilsbury from Smithwick here. Well, first of all, thank goodness normal service has been resumed after the twaddle offered last week. Even Jenny <laughs> Darling didn't seem to be able to get her head round Lillian's account of it. It was nice to hear more from Beth Casey, who sounds like a woman who knows what she wants. The apple doesn't fall far from the tree, does it? I hope she becomes a regular character, not dropped in and out, then forgotten about, Natasha style. Speaking of romance, are we being set up for something between Chris and Amy? They certainly sound very uh, friendly. If so, would news of this give Alice an excuse to undo any of the good work she's done in rehab? And does anyone know whether the idea of reading letters to her is standard or approved practice? I would be very interested to know. And one final query what is it about lasagna in ambridge <laughs> first we had david complaining about mm, it mm. um ruth's take on it during the first monologue and now susan confessing she hates neil's attempts it's it's, it's pasta and cheese what's to hate <laughs> that said oh, i've never tried to make it so perhaps there's more to it than i'm reckoning on anyway that's my uh, couple of cents Oh, and P.S. Uh, Quentin, hope you had a good birthday, despite the uh, the show being temporarily going AWOL on sounds. Okay, oh, yes. uh, well, with that, Sararabit. Sararabit to you, Sarah. Lovely hearing from you from from Smethwick, and thank you for your for your good wishes. Yes, a lot of us on Twitter were saying, "Where where is the latest episode on BBC mm. Sounds? It wasn't there for a couple of days." And uh, uh, you and I rely on that, don't we? <laughs> Uh, yeah, Philippa to catch up as do others. So um, yes, it finally did uh, emerge. Thank goodness. So much there in Sarah's call. Um, yeah, she's like me. I was delighted to hear normal service resume this week because it really after that twaddle last week, and I loved that line. And I in fact tweeted about this. There was a line this week where Jenny was saying to Brian, oh, I've just come off the phone to Lillian. I really didn't know what she was yeah. going on about. I Whether she's yeah. like a horse or a yacht. I thought, yeah, join the clan, Jenny, yeah. Yes, exactly. And I was su- just what I suggesting perhaps it was a, a, <laughs> it was a, a rather naughty script writer this week having a dig at last week's yeah. rubbish. So, so good on you, Jenny. Yeah. We're as confused as you are. Yes, Sarah, I do think there's something... Ooh, I think Amy's quite interested in Chris. I think Chris is too dumb to realise at the moment... <laughs> 
Um, so, yeah, blimey, is this another sort of Neil and, Neil and Shuler dynamic going on? We'll see. Mm. Uh, you like Beth? Um, yeah, I, 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 I like Beth. Uh, I, I've um, I haven't made my mind up about her yet. Um, but as we said to Matthew, they've gone up Lakey Hill, so she's going to be around for, for quite a bit. I think a bit of a handful for him, though, so I'm a bit worried uh, for, for, mm. for Ben. Um, I suspect they've done their research and this is uh, a recognised way of dealing with um, the the damage done by people's alcoholism. So I suspect that there's this idea of writing letters is all part of the programme. And lasagna, my word. I I thought, you know, chilli was enough and tuna pasta was enough, but now we've got lasagna gate in a green dish, cooked (laughs) by Neil that she hates. Um, So... um, Food, food. That's a, there's a whole there's a whole academic paper to be written about food. It probably has, hasn't it? <laughs> Definitely. I, and I love the sound of uh, Alan. Well, not the sound. The words Amy used to say that Alan had waddled off after he'd had his Sunday lunch to uh, go and take a baptism. <laughs> I'd never thought that Alan would waddle. <laughs> Um, but that, I've I've learned that, so that's so we had, that's something we had new. twaddle and waddle, right? Yes, exactly. Chris sounded full of energy when he was greeting Amy in the oh, first episode, yeah. and then when Amy said, "Oh, you're the expert on Little Martha," mm. Chris said, yes, "Yes, I suppose I am." Yeah. I mean, what? Why? Was he quite shocked? Did he think it was Susan's role, not not his? And I, I, are I, you yeah. suggesting I need a beauty treatment, Chris? Yeah. Obviously. No, I didn't. Mm. Uh, yeah, I I didn't like that at all. And later on in the week, when Chris was saying, "Oh, yes, I you know I need to to move out because you know mum and dad have been mm. something's going wrong there." And well then spotted, so mate. Nice well spotted, other. yeah. Yeah, for heaven's sake, that's because they're looking after your daughter yeah. morning, noon, and night. You, honestly, yes. Yes. So, uh, thank you, Sarah, for for your call. Yes, Lasagna. Well, okay. Now I'm no chef. In fact, if some if I invite some around, someone round for dinner, they will ask me, "Is it me doing the cooking?" And then they will politely decline. So that's the sort of chef I, I am. But I can categorically say with lasagna, it is a bit of a faff because you've got to have three pots going. You've got to have the pot with the lasagna boiling away in. You've got to have a cheese sauce and make sure there's no lumps with that. And then you've got to have the meat or vegetarian tomato-based offering and layer it up and then whack that in the oven and cook it. So it is much more of a faff. But that's why Susan was so suspicious, because it it is a faff. And so Neil's gone to a great length to impress Shula. So she was on the money there, wasn't she? She she absolutely was. But I just thought that this had been cooked. I didn't know that Neil had cooked it from scratch to then take it round to Shula's. That was not mine. I just thought, oh, it was something from the freezer and he'd taken it round. So uh, how did he have the time to do that as well? That was a bit perplexing. And as for this missing episode, I was outraged because, as I've said before, I listen to it when I've reached the half point in my run, using the word run advisedly. Um, And so I got to the half point, press play, no episode there. No. No episode there. I had to put on Married at First site UK and watch that and walk back. I was very unhappy with the BBC for doing that. So it's no good. It affects my whole fitness regime, don't you know? But uh, Sarah, thank you very much for your call. We uh, we love your calls. Thank you. And uh, now we go to Harmonious Helen. 
Hello, Philippa Quentin and everybody in Dumpty Dumland. It's Helen from Rotherham here. Not called in for a little while, but um, just wanted to say that I'm really enjoying the podcast. But also, did anybody else think that Neil sounded a little bit too sad when he was kind of saying to Shula, oh, I won't be coming round and doing the uh, garden anymore? Was it just me worrying mm. that actually he was in saying goodbye and making it a bit final and mm. having that conversation with Susan was actually sparked some thoughts and feelings in him um or do we just think he was upset because he sees Shula as, as a friend I don't know I just started to get a little bit worried but also on the note of um Carter's having affairs um did anybody else think that Chris and Amy seemed a little bit too pally this mm. week as well and that Amy seemed a little bit disappointed when Chris was talking about going to see Alice and I just kind of started thinking aye aye something going on here um, but I hope not. I really hope that Chris kind of stays faithful to Alice, even though of everything that's gone wrong, it's because she's been ill. Um, so I just hope mm. that that he just perseveres with that and that they actually make it through and that they do some work on their relationship and, and that actually they do make it through as a couple. And, and I hope that Neil doesn't start having thoughts about Shula now. That'd be awful. Um, mm. Anyway, yes, have a lovely week and thank you for the podcast. You're doing a really, really good job. And uh, I really look forward to listening each week. All right, bye. Oh, Helen, you superstar. Thank you ever so much. And it's lovely to have that feedback on the podcast. Thank you. That that means such a lot. Yeah. OK, I, I think I've said this before, so forgive me if I'm repeating myself, but this is my view. I think Neil loved Shula, but he didn't know he loved her her and once Susan was putting the thumb screws in him torch in his eye and interrogate him interrogating him this week I mean line of duty's got nothing on Susan <laughs> yeah. I think but once Susan was doing that he he realized what had been going on and so he had to go around to sort of end it um, and to cut that relationship off before it developed even more so yeah I think he I mean, I like Neil. He's someone you can normally rely on, and I want to still rely on Neil, but I wasn't comfortable in in how he handled it. I would have liked to have heard him having a discussion with someone he could confide in and him saying, gosh, do you know, I, it had never occurred to me, but when Susan was saying it, I realised that I did have feelings and I can't do that because I'm married to Susan, I'm loyal to her, so I just went round and, and, and stopped it straight away. But we already have heard Shula tell Alistair that she loves Neil. So I don't think this store is over at all. Um, now, when Chris and Amy were talking and Chris was saying, oh, he just wants his own space, that made me cross as well because he doesn't deserve his own space because he's he seems like he's been sleeping through every night. He's going to be exhausted. And this incredible business empire of his is going to run into the ground soon when he realises that actually it takes a lot to look after um, a, a child. And when he was talking with Amy and Amy was telling him about the awful impact covid has had on her work on her work which was you know just um it just made you stop to to hear it it did feel as if it's something as that they were saying had happened and was gone was over and chris sounded as if he lived in a different country and had never come across such a thing as covid it did feel very sort of one-sided i mean we don't live in a big area but i know people that have 
died from COVID and, and been really affected by it. So why why wasn't there more of this? As I say, I'm glad COVID's actually being acknowledged, but it seemed to be as if it was in a land far, far away from Ambridge and, and nowhere near. So I don't know. I'm still cross. What, what about you, Quentin? <laughs> I'm glad you got all that off your chest anyway, Philip. <laughs> Sorry, have I gone on a bit? I mean, you see what I mean when she vents, folks. <laughs> yeah, you should ask my husband anyway. Um, yes, I, I thought the uh, now sit down and I'm going to tell you all about COVID was a bit jackknifed in, really. Somebody mm. on Twitter suggested perhaps the um, the, the midwife's uh, midwife's organisation had sent a press release to the archer's office to say oi he ought to be saying something about this so that's why it felt a bit oh right sit down and listen to this didn't it that was mm. a bit, you know <laughs> it's been around a long time uh, uh script writers so we should have had more references to mm. it really although we didn't want it to be dominate because we it was no. it was an escape wasn't it let's be honest from from what we've all been yeah. going through um Lovely to hear from you, Helen, again. You haven't called in for a while, and we do like to hear from you from from, from Rotherham. And uh, thank you for the feedback. It, it is good to know what you think about this podcast because we put it out, and it's just like, well, we hope they like it. So uh, feedback is always interesting to hear. So thank you for that, and uh, do keep mm. listening. Um, you are concerned that his Neil saying goodbye could actually spark r- renew feelings between them. He... he sounded pretty clear cut when he said that's it I can't come around as much and she accepted that but there was just that caveat at the end wasn't I just but I do want you to know that if ever you need anybody for anything I'm always Mm. here to help so so he left the door open and she sort of whimpered didn't she take care as he left so there are there is definitely I mean Susan accused him of, of, of always holding a candle for Shula he has, uh, and I think perhaps Shula's flame is slightly brighter than his. But um, mm, have we heard the end of this? We shall see. We shall see. Uh, mm. You said it would have been he needed a one to one. The the obvious person of the one to one one with was Brian because they have had one to ones before, and they've, it's generated some very very good scenes. I think between Brian and Neil, mm. really well acted, well scripted, um, because. Neil was one of those who Brian opened up to about Alice. So we could have actually flipped that and actually had Neil opening up to Brian about um, Shula. Chris and Amy, well, we've discussed this already. Yeah, I think uh, I think Amy's interested. I do. Um, but I have to say, I, I liked Amy when she first emerged from silence uh, a couple of weeks, two or three weeks ago. But now she's sort of in the flesh in Ambridge. She's a bit dull, isn't she? Oh, she does need to perk up a bit. <laughs> well, the trouble is, Chris has taken all the chocolate off her when he said that's too much sugar for one person to have. I was like, "Are you joking?" Well, give her the, I'm sorry. Give her the give her the chocolate back. I mean, but she she yeah. she needs she needs to perk up a bit, doesn't she? She's a bit flat. I know she's coming back to renew her batteries, recharge her batteries yeah. from 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 her time dealing with COVID and stuff. But just generally, I thought her whole demeanour was rather. <sighs> Brought, brought well, I think she it. had some she had some serious things to impart. I suppose she wasn't no, really given the fun. Line, but that aside, but... whenever all her interactions were a bit flat, I thought. Um, mm. We, yeah, hopefully they'll she'll perk up perhaps, but not too much to t- to catch Chris's eye. Ooh. Yes, well, she'll be going back to work soon. I'd I'd have thought. I 
well, if he just let her eat her a chocolate, everything would be fine. I think she'd have perked well, up. Well, she might. Perfectly. She's become an auctioneer, like Ben. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> they could, or they could do a career swap or something. Yeah, who knows? Anyway, we'll have some more of your calls in a moment. But if you're listening to this, thinking I'd like to record a message and wondering how to do it. Here's how. Yes, we like to think of this as the people's podcast. So if you want to record a message or a plot prediction, one way is to visit the dumptydum.com website where you can click the red speak pipe link on the left and submit your call. It's ever so easy and you can have as many goes as you like, so don't worry. Another way is to send a WhatsApp voice note to 07957 167 696. That's 07957 167 696. And remember, if you're calling from outside the UK, to add a plus four four. Speaking of the website, you'll find a link there to Patreon where you can financially support the show. There are costs involved with steering the good ship dum dum and gosh, your help would be greatly appreciated. Right, let's get back to those calls. And first of all, we hear from charming Cheryl. Hi, Clinton and Philippa. It's Cheryl here calling for the first time in a while from Cornwall, phoning uh, to talk about the whole situation with Neil and Susan and Shula uh, and it's come to the head this week. I've seen a lot of people on the social media saying that Neil was ignorant to the way that the women around him were feeling and I just feel you know ignorant my ass. He knew exactly <laughs> what was going on. He might not have wanted to acknowledge it at the time but as he said to Shula uh, in his final conversation with her this week he knew he was hiding from Susan and I think he probably knows that there's something a little bit more going on than just friendship between him and Shula but it has suited him to uh, milk that for what it was worth whilst he was trying to hide from his responsibilities at home Um, and he had the hump with Susan from the moment that she said they should take on extra responsibility with Martha. So, you know, I really have no sympathy for him whatsoever. And uh, he deserved everything that Susan gave him. Well, and so says Cheryl from Cornwall. I wonder where you are in in, Corm- in Cornwall, Cheryl. So a, a fellow Kerno person, as they <laughs> as they are um, refer to this part of of the UK. Um, lovely to hear from you, Cheryl. Um, Neil is Neil was ignorant my ass. Well, I think uh, <laughs> a lot of people will share your assessments of his behaviour in the last couple of, of weeks, Cheryl. Um, I, I think he's. Uh, dumb I was going to say I, mean, I said in my introduction that he, he really is emotionally not very intelligent mm. or is he I mean he's always shown quite a great deal of sensitivity and intelligence uh, to do with certain issues particularly around the parish council and so forth over the years and he's always been a source of wisdom I've felt but has he got a blind spot to Shula? Yes, I do think. And I think uh, he's kidding himself that he doesn't have as many feelings as he perhaps is hiding. So I don't think he was being completely honest with Susan in that sense. I mean, he said, oh, it's all over years ago. Oh. Um, I think he knows Shula still has feelings towards him. He was so upset when she fell off the horse, hence Susan's first question mm. to him. And he admitted to Shula that he was coming up there to get away from the stresses and strains of of home life. 
And let's be honest, you know, in the company of somebody you fancy, it's more enjoyable, isn't it? So um, I don't think Neil's been as straight as he would have us think, although I don't think he intended to take it all the way, but I certainly have my doubts about Shula. Yeah, I think, again, he was just knackered from looking after the baby, from night duties, from the stress that he did seem to take on with Alice and the impact on his family. Um, and I I really don't think he deliberately did it, but he, he was certainly involved in that, my goodness. And, I, well, uh, yes, I, I could go on and on. I mean, once we heard him not listening to Susan in that scene at home, and then he started dropping Shula's name in. I just thought, you absolute fool. Yeah. This is the worst thing you can do. And the trouble is, when some, even if someone doesn't realise they have feelings for someone, if they start dropping their name in, that's a classic sign. That person is, is on their mind. They're mm. thinking of that person. Mm. And if I had a pound for every time he mentioned Shula's name, I'd be, my goodness, I'd be living the life. I'd be on a luxury world cruise by by now because uh, he certainly seems to drop Shula's name in far too much. And then when Susan went round to check how much work he'd done in the garden, it was all getting a bit strange, I thought. And she, yeah. and she still, What's he done in your garden? It still looks What's like a mess. in your shed? Yeah. It still looks a mess. It's a bit rude. <laughs> yes, I felt very uncomfortable with that, but good for Susan. You know, I'm so glad. Well, I'm sure we'll come on to that some more. But she, she, I was glad she She behaved like a lawyer, didn't she, in that scene? She just went, yeah. just unpicked <laughs> his argument bit by bit and stung him yeah. with the next question. Uh, she well, she was clearly, formidable. Clearly, he's done nothing in the garden. He's just moved a daffodil or two, and that's and that's about well, it's it. It's the odd paving not... stone as well. Give him his due. Yeah, but that just sounded like there were two paving <laughs> stones that were absolutely fine. But he decided to to do something with them. Maybe he was just banging them with his head because he was just so uh, exasperated by the situation at home. But that's not the way to fix it. No, mow I... your own lawn, Neil. Mow your own no, lawn. No, I think I think a shed was a classic Archer's euphemism, wasn't it? Yes, exactly. It, exactly. So when Susan was there, you know, what's he done to your garden? Has he been in your shed? No, could we not do this? This is as rude as it gets. And where's my green lasagna dish? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Incidentally, how many lasagna dishes that you know of are green? I don't, I've never seen a green dish and thought, oh, that'd be a perfect lasagna I did dish. think a lasagna in a green dish wouldn't look very nice, would it? No, unless you're using green pasta and want it to... Be a mirror image. But there we go. Anyway, I am waffling far too much. Uh, right. Thank you so much, Cheryl, for your call. That was brilliant. And now we must head on to knowledgeable Catherine. Hi, guys. It's Catherine. And I've got to say, I am fuming this week. Fuming <laughs> with Neil. First thing, she says, right, what's going on? Um, why did you, how did you feel when Shula fell off her horse? And he answers the question with a question, a sign of guilt in my eyes. He's trying to play it back, mm. play it back for time so he can think what to say. Um, and then he says, what made you think like this? He knows what made her think like that. And then says, you must have imagined it, love, when he, she says that Shula was a bit shifty. He <laughs> knew exactly what he was doing. He was behaving really strangely, hanging around her, trying to change light bulbs, Dithering around with the frozen <laughs> lasagnas. What is it with lasagna and the archers? And then when she says, oh, come on, we had this terrible night out at uh, Grey Gables. I was just enjoying my lamb. 
come on. He was enjoying his lamb and telling her news about Shula, who was the last person she wanted to think about. They didn't even have their flipping Pavlova. Honestly, I'm over Pavlova. Anyway, I think it would be really good if before she gets ordained, uh, Shula has some, like, seven deadly sins of Shula. And so we've gone through this idea of, of sort of lustfulness. So we'll have to go through all the other ones <laughs> and uh, see how she copes with all those challenges as she approaches uh, official godliness. I think Neil is either very stupid. I didn't know that you'd have thought that. Oh, come on. Or very cunning. Um, when he turned it back on Susan and said, maybe you don't love me. Maybe it's you. What a shit, generally. Anyway, then lastly, Brian, I love him. But he really was dim about the rehab letter. This is really common in any kind of uh, rehab. So thank goodness they've got the fact that uh, detox is two weeks, rehab takes longer. But this idea of, of showing how much pain you've inflicted on your family and the chaos that you've caused, I think is really good. And it's a bit strange that Brian, who was so up for her going into rehab, took her there, you know, paying the very best. They keep hearing about how the very best rehab is going on. Then suddenly thinks that part of it is rubbish. And it takes quite a while, doesn't it, for... Um, Oh, whatever her name is, wife, um, Jenny, to say, uh, well, you know, they know what they're doing. So strange that he trusts the rehab to a certain extent. And then it was almost stereotypical Brian saying, well, I don't know. This is just, you know, uh, sentimental rubbish. So, yeah, that was a bit dubious. Apart from that, I kind of enjoyed this week, apart from the teenage love life. Still don't <laughs> care about that. Have a lovely week, everybody. Bye. Ah, oh, Catherine, thank you very much for your call. The seven deadly sins of Shula. That that has to happen. I would have. I'd love a week of that. Forget a week in the Isle of Wight. Uh, oh a my week God. of the seven which, deadly which, sins of Shula. Which one would you start with? Well, she's already done gluttony because she's eaten that lasagna in one go. Um, <laughs> no wonder she couldn't remember where she put the dish because she ate well, it so maybe quickly. Maybe Alan ate it. That's why. That's why I was waddling. <laughs> but I think I think that's great. Now, Brian, I understand why you're cross with him, but actually I think it was because he didn't want to upset Alice and upset the relationship anymore. He did uh, finally tell Jenny about the awful trip to rehab and how it, it really had gone down um, and that he didn't want to put words in a letter that would just cause even more upset. So I kind of, I know, I'm forgiving Brian again, but I do kind of say that uh, I agree with him with that, and or at least understand. Um, I think from all that I hear, it's vital that these letters are written. And I guess if you are going to meet somebody and you get very emotional, you, you kind of need a letter to be able to read from, or, or else you might not use the right words that you want. You might forget something that you want to say and you don't want to regret anything when you then come away from that counselling session. So it, it seems to me like a like a jolly good idea. But yeah, this teenage love, I'm sorry, the River Perch, you wouldn't get me near it if you could pay me. There's been so much romance in that river um, and surrounding rivers. You know, Ben and Beth, we've had Adam and Ian, wild swimming, Harrison and Fallon. I mean, my goodness, we've got a, a lake near us that was recently featured as a one of the top places to do wild swimming. Then someone went sort of scuba diving down the bottom and you don't want to know what they found in the bottom of that lake, but I wouldn't put my little toe in it now. Thank you very much. Disgusting. So yes, forget the chemical uh, contamination of the river perch. It's There's much worse to worry about. <laughs> Over to you, Quentin. <laughs> well, 
Well, Catherine was fuming, as she said, at the top of her call. And uh, don't get her on wild swimming, I tell you, because that really makes her wild, I tell you. (laughs) (laughs) So (laughs) so she's (laughs) fed up with pavlovas as well. And she's uh, sick of uh, teenage love lives. And um, I'm I'm with her on on all of that, I have to say, although I do like a pavlova. So uh, what a shit is how Catherine sums up Neil (laughs) and um, she spells out exactly why. And Mm. he's not as innocent as I would have liked to have thought he was the more I listened to it. So I think Catherine's onto something here. Uh, She did the vent before she uh, submitted her call to me during the week and she was saying, oh, that shit. Neil, I'm going to call in about this. I said, well, what what do you think he's done wrong? And she said she accused him of flirting with intent. And actually, Mm. that Mm. could well be what he is guilty of, although uh, he hasn't followed through with anything, has he? So um, that is what he stands accused of in in Catherine's eyes. Um, The seven deadly sins of Shula, my word. I mean, people just tear their hair out hearing what we do here of Shula. Can you imagine having a series (laughs) on that? But there's potential. There is potential. Um, I I agree with you in defending Brian. I I could understand why he was very hesitant to, to churn all that up again because he was clearly very upset, wasn't he, by the way? Alice behaved when he had to take her to rehab and the way she screamed mm. that I hate you at him. And I, th- I think that fear, that pain is genuine. So I would, as I often do, would defend our, our Brian. But I, on that particular point, I, I genuinely, genuinely would. Although, you know, Jenny was much more hard-nosed about it, wasn't she? And sh- shook him down and said, for goodness sake, we've got to do this, um, mm. write the damn thing, uh, because this will really help. And he he is, isn't he? Um, Catherine talks about the those rehab letters that Sarah earlier was wondering would, would, would that be part of, of the routine as we've established on the podcast before Catherine speaks with knowledge about these things because of her sister and she has told us that uh, these rehab letters are very common and um, it's all part of the idea of spelling out to other family members the pain and chaos that the alcoholic person has caused so that ties mm. that up that answers that for you Sarah but uh, as ever Catherine fantastic call in so much to uh to reflect on but um we're pretty much in agreement with you Catherine this week well Catherine another great call as always and now we go on now there's some there's a bit of a bad phone signal here I've tried to clean it up as much as I can but it's worth listening to so edge closer to your wireless as uh, as we would say and here we go for brilliant Bernadette morning John to Tom this is Archer's fan here, Archer's fan 2015, Bernadette Hawks. I couldn't um, message you last week because I was having all sorts of technical problems with my phone. Um, basically just echoing what a dire week it was the week before. And this week, I actually welcomed the thought of hearing about Alice, Susan's um, insecurities, um, even Shula's... Um, you know, mind-blowing feelings about Neil. So, you know, looking forward to a very good week this week. Well, I hope so anyway. And um, I'll be in touch with you soon. Great to hear from you again, Bernadette. You said you had uh, technical problems with your phone last week and um, 
Sounds like you still have, bless you. So we hope you get those sorted out because we do like to hear you in crystal clear whatever. Um, but, um, yeah, you, you, you like the rest of us thought last week was dire and you're just pleased that it's getting back to how it should be. And, uh, you, you, and uh, you're looking forward to a, an excellent week next week. Um, I thought this week was pretty good. So I presume you were alluding to Alice coming out of rehab. Um, ooh, how's that going to go? Blimey, it could be... Um, yes um we shall see if rehab has worked what do you think do you think think it's worked i I, it doesn't feel long enough to me no i hope it has i think it's going to be very interesting to hear will we hear the car journey to rehab with jenny and chris and martha will martha go with them um and uh, it might i don't know it could go quite well with the the meeting, with the letter reading and uh, all that's going to happen then. But I just worry if like the next day Alice is going to kick off and say she's not coming home or uh, will Shula let her buy the equestrian centre and she can take that over. I don't know. I just, I don't feel it's going to be all, I've, I've done rehab and now everything's fine. I'm going to move in with Chris and everything is fine because the situation that she was uncomfortable with being married, being a mum, having a, 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 a challenging family situation as well, that, those are all still there. And while she may have been helped and refreshed and restored, and I really, really hope she is, uh, personally, I don't think it's all going to be skipping through the meadows. I think when she susses Amy's interest in Chris, that's going to queer the pitch a bit as well, isn't it? Yeah, I don't. I don't know if that's a bit of a red herring, so that we're rooting for Chris to still be okay with Alice. I, I, I don't know. Mm. It, it's not going to be plain sailing because it, it it can't be all resolved straight away, can it? And she's got to build up her mm. relationship both with Chris and Martha uh, again. So um, again, more long haul from Alice. Um, mm. Will she still be sneaking the old? drink here and there we should, that that's that'll be the test won't it yes and time will tell it's uh, as we know and as we hear it's you know it's one day it's one hour it's one minute at a mm. time so yes there's a there's a lot a lot to hear on that one but bernadette thank you for your call and bernadette you are queen of the bagel again again so so well done on well done she, on that she, uh, you... yes she 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 gives up her throne very very reluctantly does does Bernadette? Uh, People are saying, "What's the bagel?" <laughs> it's the most uh, prolific tweeters of the week. So uh, Bernadette is often queen of the bagel, as it's called. Yeah, so very good. And now we go on to curious Kev. Good day to you both. This is Kev here. Just querying whether uh, Beth is going to be a long-term actress, and if she is, could they replace her with somebody that could act? Okay, thank you. Oh, Ooh, short sweet. <laughs> Yes, Kev, that, that's a that's a hard one. I, I don't know. I, Kev, I think your name is Coggy and you called us a few years ago, if my memory serves me right. I think that's true. So I'm not going to insist that you go through all the standard uh, pedigree uh, procedures because you have called in before. And it's great to have you call in again. Thank you. Don't leave it so many years next time, please. Um, I... I do think, I get the feeling that Beth is going to be here for good. I know the actress that plays her had put on Twitter, you know, I'm so happy to join the 
Archer's family. So it, it certainly didn't indicate that it's going to be a very temporary matter. Like Matthew says, it, it feels like it's a long term, like there's something special here. Um, I, I'm sorry you're not happy with her acting. I, I personally, I think um, I think she's been quite good and she's only got certain words, you know, she's been given the words and I think she's acting them well, but we need to see more. Is it, are our suspicions being raised? You know, she's got this bottle of gin wrapped in a towel. Interesting that they're throwing the alcohol in an, even in a week when Alice in rehab is being discussed. It's, um, well, we had Brian, just, Brian and his glass of whiskey as well. Yeah, so I, yeah, they're, they're not ruling out alcohol uh, overall, are they? But um, yeah, I just don't want to hear any snogging. Thank you very much. That's just not necessary. Well, we did, didn't we? It was a, mm. a, a soggy one, wasn't it? Yeah, that back back of the hand sound effect. I think. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know because they used to have to kiss each other or kiss each other on the cheek. So I don't know what the hmm. these COVID days. Probably not. Probably not. Curious, Kev. I think you're being a bit mean. I do. Um, I'm. I'm. You know, if I sense bad acting, then I I wince. I can't bear it. So, um, you know, I feel your pain if you think there's some bad acting there. I I I don't think. She's she. I mean, she hasn't been on very much, has she? And so far, I think she's uh, she's been okay. Her, her, the, the the actor's name is Rebecca Fuller, and she's absolutely thrilled to be part of the cast, according to a tweet the other week. And I thought she was particularly strong at the wedding. I like I, I like her interaction with, with Lizzie. I thought those were strong scenes. Um, so let's give her time. Let's give her time. Kev, thank you very much for your call. And now we go to fabulous formerly cycling Christine. Hello everyone, this is formerly cycling Christine here. I just wanted to say how much I enjoyed the reconciliation scene between Susan and Neil. I think the scriptwriters have done a good job in showing how the stresses and strains of overtiredness, dealing with a newborn, the pressures from Alice's alcoholism had all affected those two otherwise very stable people. And I just think there's... The script writing and the acting of Neil and Susan was just fantastic and excellent. It's just a shame the rest of the episode was marred by the stupid Eddie Joy's storyline with Eddie being just awful. (laughs) Um, That's all for now. Thanks. Bye. Lovely to hear from you again, Christine, and uh, peddling great wisdom as ever. Um, mm. Yeah, I, I thought that was that those scenes between we just talk about acting and good script writing and so forth. I think they were the embodiment of that this week. It was very well written, very well acted between them. There's a, they got a great uh, empathy between them, those two actors, and um, it was as much as what wasn't said as what was said, and that's always a sign mm. of good writing, good acting. I think, and as I said in my introduction, there was that sniff of relief wasn't there from from susan after he declared that she was the only love of his life and mm. that did speak volumes didn't it um yeah i, I seem to be obsessed by a sniff but it was so well acted that sniff she would she um charlotte martin had clearly been so absorbed in that scene and that sniff sounded so authentic she was upset it was an upset sniff um so that's to me the caliber of the acting um when when you when you drill down into it so you go that's that's how that's how closely we listen isn't it philippa to these things 
It is sponsored by Albus Oil. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, only marred by that stupid Eddie and Joy um, mm. script line, which we discussed already. And um, we don't like Eddie this week, do we? No, it's so strange. I've never felt that way about Eddie before. But uh, yeah, I was not impressed. But I think Christine summed it up brilliantly when she said it. it um, it, uh, Alice and the newborn had upset the balance of two otherwise very stable mm, people mm. and I hope that's what it was and we will have some balance restored again for them um, because it, I imagine it's going to be kicking off in other areas so we need to know that, that they're okay but uh, Shula's still got to come to terms with her feelings and uh, I don't know how that's all going to end up but yeah when Brian was talking about taking lambs to the abattoir it sounded like joy going around you know with with ed doing eddie's jobs like he was she was the lamb it was a metaphor oh Quentin. joy Ooh. was a lamb and she was being taken to the abattoir and eddie wasn't looking after her but that's, anyway. that's profound that's that that is a profound analysis <laughs> but of this, this week's oh, I, I, oh, I mean i hope you're right but i, I think you're wrong but <laughs> <laughs> oh dear Oh, well, thank you. Wow, I'll treasure that. Do I get a badge for that? Thank you. Anyway, Christine, formerly cycling Christine, thank you so much for your call. And now we go to our last call today, which is Joyful Jen. Greetings, Quentin Philippa and everyone in Dumdy Dumland. Jen here. Um, just calling in um, after a, a very confusing week. Um, perhaps Quentin and Philippa can help, but I'd like to know how many daughters does Vince Casey have? What are they called? And what's the background story on them? Because um, first, I know he has three daughters. I think when he was introduced, one of the first things he was doing was looking to buy a pony for one of them. Mm. So presumably that was the youngest. Beth is the middle one. Um, I got the impression that he was a man who'd made a lot of money, that these daughters were being brought up in, in luxury and sort of better schools and pony club and all of this. And then he's got this rather rough Beth who seems to wrestle cows in the market for a job. <laughs> and I just found all of that very strange and didn't make sense. Especially when she said she'd never been to Lower Loxley. I mean, she works in Borsetshire where the market is. Mm. Lower Loxley seems to be about the only tourist attraction in the whole area. It has the ice rink at Christmas. <laughs> it has the mm. treetop walk. It has events every bank holiday. It has festivals. Surely to goodness, most people in the area would have been there at some point. So I'm a bit confused about her. She's obviously going to be the next Mrs. Archer because Ben has taken her up Lakey Hill and standards <laughs> just mean that once you take a girl up Lakey Hill, that is significant and you're going to have to marry her. So um, I guess we're going to get to know her. I'm not sure if I like her at the moment. I think the actress is very good. Um, a little bit unsure about the actual character. Mm. But Ben seems to like her, so that's all right. Mm. Um, and then we had... The beginnings of trouble with Chris and Amy, I think. I think we are heading for another Ambridge love triangle or something to derail Alice's recovery there. So I think that, you know, Chris just seemed a little bit too keen on Amy this week. Um, so we shall see see where that one goes. Um, so I better finish up here and love you and leave you. But great to speak to you. And I hope you're all well out there in Dumpty Dumland. Oh, Jen, thank you so much for your call. So much to to talk about from that. Yes. Now, Vince and his daughters. I, this does come back to 
my worry that Vince is in this for money and it it's not something that we're going to see initially it's going to take some time but yeah I I think he's on the long con for some money and Beth is I suppose evidence of that that if he has all the money that he allegedly has um well I mean good for her having any job she wants if she wants to to work at the auction house good for her um but it wasn't the sort of character that I was expecting her to present. Maybe she will get on with Ben so well because she understands the farming background as well. But you're you're right, Jen. Why hasn't she been to Elizabeth already and seen just as a visitor over her lifetime? Why hasn't that happened? And uh, yeah, I, there's just so many questions. And the trouble is, these children, I'll get what well, I call them children. They're sort of in their 20s. And, and 20s and 30s, these they're going to be the future main characters in the Archers. You know, before we know it, that the main p- people will be Pip, ooh, Josh, Ben, Lily, Freddie, Helen, Tom. And they're going to be the bedrocks. They're going to be the ones driving um, the future of the farms, the future of the area. Oh, gosh, it's a bit worrying, really, isn't it, Quentin? Do, do these actors realise that that's it? That's uh, acting life for the next four decades? Oh, yes, I think they're very happy about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, poor old Jen was confused by this week. Um, we, d- we don't like a confused Jen. She was very unconfused last week because she had all that vetting and she was very very chuffed, wasn't she, that there was so much vet talk last week because she herself mm. is a vet. Um, Beth is going to be the next Mrs. Archer because she's been taking up Lakey Hill. Well, that's that's a given, obviously. Uh, she's also concerned about a new love triangle between Chris and Amy, which has been mentioned a number of times during this this podcast. She she felt he he was keen on her. I thought it was the other way around more, to be honest. I think... Uh, Amy's got uh, sights set more on Chris, and he's not really aware of that. So, um, yep, uh, confused.com we are here, uh, Jen, along with you. But, um, I, I mean, she hasn't been around uh, Lower Loxley. Why, why doesn't she just burst in like a grandmother? I mean, that seems to be the casey <laughs> yeah. way. Just turn up and open doors at, at, at will. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. Well, those are your calls, but you can also send us an email or a text if you prefer. So how can Dumpty Dummers do that, Quentin? Yes, you're very welcome to send a text, if you like, to 07957 167696. That's 07957 167696. Remember, if you're calling from outside the UK to add a plus 44, Or if you prefer to send an email, visit the dumptydum.com website and click the Contact Us tab at the top of the dumptydum.com website. We appreciate not everybody wants to call in, would rather write in, so that's why we encourage texts and emails as well. But Mm. uh, please do get your calls, emails and texts in by lunchtime on a Sunday as we record at 3pm UK time quite often from a camping field, as I am today. (laughs) Uh, And remember, you need to be 18 or over to submit any views or comments. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. And our email this week is from Anon the Vanbridge, I believe. It is uh, silent last week, but uh, back in full voice uh, this week for us, Philippa. So, uh Get your thinking caps on for this. Um, (laughs) Dear Auntie Philippa and Uncle Quentin, life in Ambridge has been much quieter since Alice was in rehab. We don't need to worry about getting hit with bricks, cars or nasty words. I've just heard that she'll be back soon and I don't know how best to talk to her, so I need your advice. Do I pretend I don't know where she's been and discuss the weather or ask (laughs) if she had a nice holiday or should I be honest and ask her how it went in rehab? Please advise me so I am doing the right thing, Anon of Ambridge. I think, Anon of Ambridge, this is a simple one. You're just honest with her and you speak to her about rehab and you don't actually uh, try and dodge it. I think that will make it even more embarrassing because it's the great big elephant in the in the village, isn't it? So you talk to her sympathetically, listen a lot and um, just address it head on, I would say. Yes, uh, I think it depends, Anon of Ambridge, who you really are, because if you're somebody very close to Alice, then it would be right to talk to her and ask her how she's doing. If you're somebody who never has any discussions with her, then to walk up to her and ask her how rehab went might not go down so well. Um, And being British, you know, the weather is always a a good subject to talk about. There's always something to say on that. So I think, you know, there's always a middle ground. Don't run in. um, Just be careful. And it depends on your existing relationship with Alice as to how much you should talk about rehab. So just bide your time and uh, and see how it happens and and report back. We'd love to know. But don't suggest going to the pub. No, that that would not work. Hopefully, no. yes, don't do that, Anon of Ambridge, please. <laughs> anyway, thank you for your calls and emails. Uh, we value them so much. Please keep them coming in. They're, they're what makes this podcast. And so to Facebook and our lovely dum dum community there as we sit back for the weekly roundup with Sandra. Hello, this is Sandra with the Social Media Roundup for the week beginning Sunday the 5th of September. I listened to Monday's episode in the premiere inn in Bath. Trust me to book a city break when the temperature is 27 degrees outside. On Wednesday, someone at the 
BBC forgot to press the button to load the episode to sounds after broadcast. And boy, didn't listeners complain all across the many Archer's Facebook groups. Listeners questioned Ben's honesty with Beth about breaking off his relationship with Evie and some felt that she would have been flattered. Others disagreed as she had been hurt by a previous partner. Amy has reappeared in the village and had a chat with Chris. Of course, some listeners took that as a sign that they were about to embark on an affair. David Tweedy explained that Amy has been peripheral to the programme for a long time, so her return must be for a reason. Yvonne Oram in Academic Archers appreciated Amy's description of being a midwife in the time of COVID. It was mentioned that this was a return to the Archers as a public information programme. Susan and Neil, and of course Shula, featured as a main storyline this week. And it does sound like the storyline may have been wrapped up. There are many different opinions about the three of them. Darcy Jorgensen thought that Susan had gone round the bend on Monday. Gilliam Holmes was team Susan, but Witherspoon disagreed. When Susan finally came out with her worries, Sharon Weldon said that she bloody loves Neil and was in tears when he told Susan how much he loved her. I liked Rachel Whittington's comment. I love Susan as a character. She does passive-aggressive so amazingly well. Legend. There was a lot of agreement with that comment. And Robert Flood commented, Before social media, there was Susan Carter. Anna Fry followed that description with, The village gossip with a heart of gold. Of course, after the reconciliation, there were many comments about having a bowl of chilli. Alice's alcoholism storyline moved forward this week. Thursday evening gave us Brian finally telling Jennifer about the time that he took Alice to rehab and the dreadful experience that he had. The writing of the letters was also a subject of mixed views. Some understood that it was a helpful device, while others thought that it might be upsetting. A few people recommended reading Rachel's Holiday by Marion Keyes. It's been a long time since I have read it, but I would endorse that suggestion. Catherine Newnham linked everything together in the post on Thursday. Is this going to be Alice's clean slate and fresh start, or is it going to be too much for her? Catherine was worried that it was going to be the latter. Claire Campbell listened to Brian's opinion about not being honest about his feelings and suggested that he needed a slap around the face with a wet fish. Claire, we don't condone violence in this group, but I'm sure that we all understand why you were shouting at the radio. And of course, we mustn't forget the lighter touches this week. Rob Williams asked if anyone else thought that Eddie was really that much of a devious, sneaky sort. Gillian Holmes didn't see his behaviour towards Joy as devious. After all, Joy had been given an interesting day out. And a question was asked. 
Will anyone catch on that the children enter in different sections of the flower and produce show? That's all for me for this week. Bye. Thank you, Sandra, and everyone who's posted their thoughts on the Dumpty Dum Facebook group. What a great community there. Uh, do join us. We'd love to see you. Also, we're, we're big on Twitter as well, aren't we, Philippa? And we have the mm. uh, at Dumpty Dum team who are doing a great job. Now, like them, it's best to use the Archers hashtag, but do remember to use the capital T and A so the visually impaired can enjoy them too. And don't forget to also include at Dumpty Dum as well in your tweets so we can all see your tweets and keep that community growing. And as well as the at Dumpty Dum Twitter account, we're both on Twitter. I can be found at Quick book reviews with a three not a w how about you quentin yes my, my archers venting forum is uh, is at 13 minute man that's uh, one three minute man and now it's time to crown our tweeters of the week quentin yeah we do we have uh i was struggling a bit i was thinking oh there aren't three decent ones but eventually they came through so hmm. Uh, on the podium this week, in bronze position, we have Dee Daly at uh, Die in Hastings. And she suggested this. If I was married to Susan, I would be actively encouraging long silences. <gasps> oh, poor Susan. That's yes. very funny. Yes. So, uh, Daly, uh, so Dee Daly, that wins you the bronze. Uh, silver position is prompted by a tweet by uh, Sarah Mattox at Sarah Mattox. She asked this question, what was the whole point of the Shula Neal thing? To which Eamon O'Tierney at E.O. Tierney wins the silver with this reply. For the Archers scriptwriters, stories are never really finished. They remind me of the William Faulkner quotation. The past is never dead. It's not even past. Mm. Deep. So that's why we have long running storylines don't we so um mm. there's plenty of truth in that so well done Eamon but in gold position goes to Moira Walton at Moira Walton and she said this here's quill ink and parchment Brian now straighten your cravat and get on with it dear <laughs> so well done Moira gold for that very, very good. Now, being British, we hate talking about money, don't we? But mm. there are costs involved with keeping the podcast afloat. For instance, the website needs maintaining, other licenses have to be paid for. And Royfield, of course, has various costs to pay with running this podcast for you. So if you would be interested in supporting Dumpty Dum and this podcast, we would be ever so grateful. You can do this via the Patreon tipping system, which you can find on the Dumpty Dum website, or by going to the patreon.com website and typing in Dumpty Dum. Every little bit helps, we can assure you. And thanks again to Alison Doodlebug for his Dumpty Dum tune, for Sandra for her Facebook roundup, and calls and emails from Ali, Matthew, Catherine, Kev, Sarah, Helen, Cheryl, Bernadette, Christine, Jen, and anon of Ambridge. What a lineup we've had this week, Philippa. What a lineup. Yeah. We must also thank our social media supremos Cosmo for his podcast roundups, Shambridge for her voices. Mike Hatton for his character counts, and to our podcasting parents, Lucy B. Freeman and Royfield Brown. So, what will be revealed next week? Will Peggy pay for Alice to stay longer in rehab? Will Shula finally make it to Birmingham for her vicar training experience extravaganza? Will the green lasagna bowl ever be let out of the cupboard again? And will there be a dry eye left when we hear the rehab reunion this week? I predict choppy waters ahead. I think you're right. All will be revealed. <laughs> <laughs>
So it's a bye-bye from me. And before I get pushed off this camping pitch, it's a goodbye from me. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.